So am I supposed to do the unrelated joke now or further into the show? <laughs> We're doing the normal intro. Go. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Now, Matt, what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Ooh. I mean, is, is Footloose one of his movies? <laughs> no, Footloose is not <laughs> one of his like, movies. Let's just, let's just list a, a movie that would be fun. I actually don't watch any, I don't remember any Tom Cruise movies. Um, let's go with Mission Impossible. Vanilla Sky. Oh, okay. Vanilla Sky would work too. <laughs> Why did you choose a Mission Impossible? How does it relate to what we're talking hmm. about today? Today, we're going to be talking about what happens or what do we do when we are in a situation where we, we suspect or we have the feeling that ministry is not possible in that situation. Do you want to elaborate on that, Chris? Yes. Yeah, so I think that there's situations or contexts where even the best ministry leader wouldn't be successful in certain environments, and that's because of maybe uh, dysfunction or toxicity or something like that. Like when you're going into a situation or if you're in the midst of a situation where it's actually damaging you, is it is it fair to say that like you're in a mission impossible and it's better that you better that you go? There are some situations when we're when we're doing ministry, when we are the only and I don't even really, I don't know how to say this without sounding arrogant or whatever. If, if you are the only ministry or component within the organization that you are in, whether it's a, a parish or a nonprofit or whatever, when you are the only department or whatever that is healthy and is doing what needs to be done, it's going to be really hard to be successful in ministry. So that's one of those scenarios where I think that it would be a mission impossible, right? Yeah, yes. I, I, the way that I've seen it more commonly happen is that there's something happening with the pastor or people who are maybe in the higher up that uh, create scenarios or situations where no one can really be fully successful. Yes, I, and I would say yes, that will be the... In most of the cases when you have a place where it's hard to do ministry or impossible to do ministry, that is going to be the case. But there may also be times when they aren't necessarily detrimental to what you're doing or to ministry, but they they definitely don't have any vision. And they aren't really moving the needle forward, and they're just maintaining. And if everybody else in the parish is maintaining and you're trying to cast this vision, depending on your status or whatever your role in the parish— the likelihood that you're going to be successful in the long run in your ministry is really low. So what about Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I can do all things, couldn't I be successful in ministry regardless of the environment? Mission impossible. I'm giving you pushback on what you just said. Well, so you're giving a pushback on the, the whole topic that we decided to talk about today. Right? So we decided to talk about like the impossible mission of ministry and when that happens. Well, if that's, if that's true, if, if we, I can do all things through Christ who th- strengthens me, then there is no impossible situation. But I would, I would disagree. <laughs> with Scripture? No. With you <laughs> connecting Scripture in that way. 
<laughs> You're connecting scripture in that way. No, I, that was the pushback I was giving you. <laughs> this is a dialogue. <sighs> so, if you get your legs cut off, you're not going to be a track star anymore, right? Correct. And in ministry, there's certain uh, there's certain things that you need in order to be successful in a parish setting. Maybe that's the better way to say it, in a parish setting. And so the majority of ministry leaders are in some sort of a context of a parish setting. True. I believe that there are situations that a parish, uh, that can exist at a parish that uh, that cut the legs off of the ministry leader, regardless of who they are. The best ministry leader in the world could go in there and still not find success. And so my question is, because uh, there's this there's this weight that comes along with it, like, okay, should I get out of there? Anytime you're like, should I get out of that situation or that environment, the question becomes, like, am I abandoning my post? Am I just not believing hard enough in God? Because mm-hmm. you know it's absolutely true that God desires successful ministry at that parish. He doesn't yep. desire any of his children not to receive his love. However, there can be certain situations that prevent that from taking place. And, yep. and regardless of your effort... Those situations can continue to block the success of ministry. And at that point, sometimes it makes more sense to just get out. So ministry leaders out there listening might be in a situation where things aren't going well. How do they know that things aren't just going well? Or if they're in a situation that's completely toxic and it's better that they get out of ministry? Get out of ministry or get out of ministry in that parish? That is a better... Thank you for the clarification. Get out of ministry in that parish. Yeah. Because I mean, those are two different questions. Because they're, I mean, <laughs> both of them probably need to be addressed through prayer and discernment. Because it, I mean, who knows if you should be out of ministry? I have no idea. No one should be out of ministry. So everybody is capable of leading a ministry. I didn't say that. <laughs> leading is different. <laughs> but everyone is called to ministry yes. by virtue of our baptism. Amen. Like I it's agree. not. It's not if you're in ministry. It's how. Um, and some people are like, well, I got to step back to focus on my family. No, you're stepping back to focus on the primary ministry at home. So yeah. you, do you see what I'm saying? Like it's not, I do, I do, but so if I'm a ministry leader and, and I'm in the situation that you just described, but I'm actually the problem and I shouldn't be a leader. I should be a minister in another, another way. That's, that's different than not doing ministry in that parish. Not, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I, but I, I it could, could be, still I could be, be the problem. It could still be the situation where you're not finding success and you won't find success because you're a square peg in a round hole, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, what are you so th- this is way bigger than, than, than what I intended when we talked about it. I was just thinking because uh, I, I, I wanted to land on pastors or leadership isn't the problem. Brokenness is the problem. But brokenness takes time to heal. And sometimes people who were there in the midst of the brokenness or who may have caused or uh, enabled or allow the brokenness to occur or persist, need to be removed or step back in order for a new life to come in. Yep. And so maybe you're in a situation where you feel zero support from your pastor or your supervisor. And maybe, just maybe, that might mean it's time to go because you won't get that support and you can't be successful without that support. And so the next person that they have to hire or that comes in or the next volunteer they have to recruit they're going to hopefully choose someone that might be more compatible with their leadership style or their uh, uniqueness in order to find success. And so maybe stepping away is the best way you can help that ministry succeed. True. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the question is, how do you know when you're at that point? 
Um, and time is going to be one of the factors that you have to look at. Like if you just had this feeling yesterday, it's not time to quit. <laughs> you need to spend some, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in discernment around the whole thing and consult with not a lot of people. Um, but like one or two really trusted friends who, you know, will keep your conversations in confidence because if you, you don't want necessarily gossip or anything like that to get around. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you definitely need to have, you know, conversations potentially with your spiritual director about all of this as well and, and have, get some good counsel in what is going on. If there's anything you can do to help the situation or if it is time to, to move on. Oh, these conversations, I don't believe it's if anything you can do. I believe it's you've tried to help the situation and have not found success in regards to that. And you've tried again and again. This goes back to a couple podcasts ago when we were talking about healthy conflict, that you have sought to engage in healthy conflict for the sake of the mission and still not been able to kind of find a pathway forward. It's at that point that the discernment begins or gets taken a little bit more seriously about what if I need to get out of the way in order for the pastor or whoever the, the leader is of the ministry to support someone new? What if that, that's the piece? I, I, I need to be out of the way, regardless of whether or not you're a problem or difficult. You know, because I see good ministers have to leave parishes for situations such as this, and they are go to the next parish, and they're hugely successful, right? God is, mm-hmm. is using their yep. gifts in a full way. But th- those were capped, limited, or... Uh, or diminished at the previous parish or due to the previous leadership or the relationship that they had with the previous leader. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're, you're talking about a situation where they've already had all the time in the world and discussions about what needs to change. They've done what they can to fix the situation. I think that needs to be, I think that the road to the door to exit is the last path you explore after you start having some real uncomfortable conversations, after you start having some, uh, uh, some efforts made to accommodate, to collaborate, mm-hmm. um, to clarify. Yeah. Y- yes. With, with no with no progress, really. And then it's time to start looking to to move on. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Patrick Lencioni. Alyssa was on the episode. It was excellent about healthy conflict. And sometimes when I read those organizational leadership type of books and, and things like that, I get the sense that everything is solvable through a good good offsite meeting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get that sense. But I guess what I'm saying is I think there's situations that are not. Yeah, I agree. And and even the the books make it seem like it's a quick fix, but it's not. You know, it's it's a it's a long road and everybody that's that's involved has to be on board with wanting things to be fixed. So if if everybody's not on board with wanting things to be fixed and you've already, you know, worked through it for a, a good amount of time, then the likelihood that you can't fix anything is pretty high. So if you as a ministry leader find yourself in a mission impossible, in a situation that's extremely toxic or, and you've attempted and you've tried and you've tried, I want you to know right now that you still have gifts in ministry because Amen. at that point you start believing that, okay, maybe I shouldn't be in ministry whatsoever. Maybe something's wrong with me. These insecurities, these little gremlins start whispering things into your ear, you know, and I've seen it. I've seen it personally when I left a position. Um, people said explicitly, like, why are you abandoning our teens? Mm, yeah. that, that hurt so bad. That hurt so bad. And, of course, 
if I would have shared kind of the fuller side of kind of what I was experiencing, it would have fallen into the gossip realm and things like that, which is not appropriate. And so I just, I just had to endure that. Mm -hmm. And it took some healing. It took some healing and some time to go ahead and heal that. And for me to stand confident again in God's gifts in me at the service of uh, the ministry. Well, and and it takes humility to be able to listen to that kind of criticism and not defend yourself. Right. But the haunting thing is, is it also takes a lot of humility just to sit before the Lord and cry and say, I feel like I abandoned the teens, you know, like I feel like I I, like I I left my post and that's not And that's not truth. You have to go ahead and speak truth to those lies. I did not abandon my post. I still love the teens. And God, you still have a plan for these teens. But yeah, like take that thought to prayer. Don't just dismiss it because you are absolutely going to need healing around that. And God wants to heal you around that. Amen. So don't just wipe it away and ignore it. Take it to him and say, God, why do I feel like I've abandoned them? And and I'll let you know it's because you love them. That's why. Yes, so I've had a bad semester. My whole semester has been garbage. Our numbers are down. Our, you know, I'm giving you a scenario. Our numbers okay. are down. Um, th- there seems to be a misalignment between me and the pastor. Um, I've had a couple of volunteers leave that were key volunteers. I feel like I'm doing it all by myself. Maybe I should leave the parish. Maybe I'm in Mission Impossible. What do you say to that? Does that sound like Mission Impossible? No, not yet. Every ministry is going to have ebbs and flows what's the opposite of an ebb an ebb is uh, a flow <laughs> from progressive <laughs> um every every ministry is going to have ups and downs right and you're going to have volunteers leave you're going to feel like you're in a slump and you're going to have things happen evaluate the program and that would be a good time to bring the core members that are there together with a meeting and say hey guys i feel like this you know what what is it is is this real is this a, a real feeling or is this really an issue. Let's look at the the other things that may be influencing all this and see if this is really an issue. You you look at me, you look at me like you're like I'm crazy. Like you wouldn't do this with your core team. No, 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 no. I just I just want to speak speak truth because I think there's a lot of ministry leaders out there that can relate to this. You said just gather your team around. I don't know if there's I I think that you'll have a successful ministry if you can say, "Hey, we're not meeting with the the youth tonight or we're not meeting with the the ministry tonight." Let's go ahead and just meet to talk about the ministry, and if you have all the people show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, we, we host training events and things like that, and we still only get, you know, 50 to 70% buy-in from the, from the volunteers. Correct. You know. So maybe, I mean, maybe I overspoke. It wouldn't be necessarily all of the volunteers. You're going to have some key volunteers that you trust that you want to pull in to evaluate how things are going. I think that's what I would do in a situation like that. That one bad semester, to me, doesn't spell doom, doesn't spell mission impossible. Good, because I believe there's a lot of young ministry leaders that one bad semester makes up half their career. Yeah, well, and and they feel like that's a sign that they're not meant to be there. Right. And that's not true. And that's not true, right. And so mission impossible means something completely different. When you are completely uh, unable to move ministry forward in any way whatsoever. Yep. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's certain rules and things like that 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 are, are challenging, right? I think all of us uh, dislike, to a degree, the policy monster, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's yep. like, it, it's our policy that you can't do this and you can't do that. And I remember having a hard time when we switched from 15-passenger vans to no more 15-passenger vans. 
was like, how am I ever going to transport teens anywhere ever again? And we figured it out. And sometimes it, it, it means getting extra drivers. And guess what that means? That means extra adults that are pouring yeah. into these teens as we drive. So there's, there's, there's neat little things. Um, but but a, a friend of mine says, I try and do, in light of some of the policies, I try and do the best ministry that I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Right? I can't do uh, complete completely the freedom that, that we want to do. And I think there's, there's uh, an unfortunate reality, especially in our... Uh, a crisis in the church right now to where there's certain things that, that we even have to be careful with side hugs. Yeah. Right. With uh, things absolutely. That, that are totally appropriate. We have to be careful because of optics and potential scandal and that's okay. So we're going to keep doing the best ministry that we're allowed to do or permitted to do knowing that, uh, Jesus says, let the children come to me and he gives them a full on embrace and they might not be able to receive that from a representative of the church until they're in heaven. And that's okay. Like we just yeah. have to be okay with that. Um, but the best ministry that you're permitted to do, just because there's per, uh, roadblocks to your ministry that exist, it doesn't mean you can't be successful. That doesn't mean you're on mission impossible. But there are scenarios where it's completely not possible to move forward. And at that point, it's okay to get out. And it's yeah. okay to minister or share your talents with the church in a different way. And that can be done even in a secular career, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, so, fortunately, but unfortunately. Yeah. So, like, give us a... I'm, I'm going to give one scenario of uh, Mission Impossible, what I would think would be Mission Impossible. And I'd like to hear, like, maybe a medium, because this, this seems a little extreme. So regardless of what ministry you're running, um, you're given, you know, one time a week where you're allowed to meet. You've got to set up the room. You've got to put it back exactly the way it was. You don't get any email responses from your supervisor that you don't have any meetings with your your supervisor. Your supervisor has withdrawn any budget from you. You have no budget for your ministry. You have no chance to announce um, what you're doing in your ministry um, at the parish. You've just described about half of the volunteer-led ministries that I'm familiar with. Really? Yeah, that's, that's total, totally mission that's possible. That's, that's gra- Yeah, but they grassroots the heck out of it. It's yeah, unbelievable. It I'm done. talking these parishes that are... 2,000 families or less with these yeah, volunteers yep. that are just, they know it because they know their kids and they go to this, the high schools and they learn who's in their parish by attending mass and, and different things like that. Um, I would say here's here's a couple of different scenarios. The first one would be you go ahead and you grow your family. And you go ahead and you ask for um, some way to continue to provide for your family that's growing. And they're like, not a chance. In fact, because of different things, we're going to go ahead and cut your salary by 10, 15, 20%. Oh, so you're saying you have another kid. Yeah, yeah. You cannot provide for your family in the full-time position, ministry position. I think that that's a fair mission impossible. You are called to serve your family like dinner more than you're called to serve the church full-time. Yeah. How many youth ministers out there or how many people in ministry out there work two jobs so that they can do their ministry job? Oh, the side hustle. If you go on a, you know, the Project YM thing, there's a whole side hustle thing that, that, yeah. that, that that's kind of the reality. And so there are other ways to do it. I do not believe that youth ministers, I'm sorry, ministry leaders, not just youth ministers, but ministry leaders are called to have to do a side hustle. I agree. I think it's, I think it's wrong that ministry leaders have to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this like across the board. It's either a volunteer position, a part-time position or a full-time position. And if it's a full-time position, it needs to be full-time pay. That they go ahead and they invest in the minister instead of um, expense the minister. Yeah, try and get a deal or a steal. Yep. Um, so other- your, your, your mission impossible was you can't provide for your family. 
without a side hustle. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What's another Simple. one? The other one would be um, your pastor or supervisor is is constantly reshaping the vision. It's a moving mark. Okay. And everything is is a, is a failure. This this uh, this happened to me once, and it was it was my fault, and it created uh, an opportunity for a conversation three days before the event. Hey, this Sunday is Vocation Sunday. Um, what are we talking about in regards to vocations at our youth night? I had no idea that that Sunday was Vocation Sunday. Vocations is a priority in the church. It should be a priority in youth ministry. And so I had to redo the night three days yep. beforehand. Wow. That was my bad, but it was also kind of the leadership as well, that there should have been a conversation kind of earlier. This is a priority. Let's go ahead and execute something. However, if something like that would happen every single week, and it's like you have a moving target, I don't think you can find success. And then, And then you're trying to serve one, right, the leader, um, but you're not really serving a vision. You're serving a leader, and that, that, crea- that, that creates a difficulty. And then the scenario you described where there's uh, no communication from the, from the leader or the supervisor or the pastor, I think that that's pretty difficult to do. Um, but the more difficult thing is if the communication is toxic yeah. to where it's like, okay, you did this, but I didn't see those kids at mass. You, you know, you're not doing successful ministry because of this or that. Or, you know, they, they invited friends to the social event, but they don't invite friends to the, the prayer service. What's going on with this? And, and so that the measurement of success is always, you've always failed, you've always failed, you've always failed, even though, like in that example... There were people that were inviting people to the ministry. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually the sign of a healthy ministry. And then all of a sudden, you start going home from your job, and you replay those conversations in your head, or you're, you're talking about it in a way that is destructive to you and your own spiritual growth, and it becomes toxic. I yeah. think that, that, that when you yourself, your own salvation comes into peril because of your service to the Lord, I think that that would be a mission impossible. I think that we we do that so much, though. Those of us in ministry, we will stick with a ministry longer than we should, longer than we're supposed to, for multiple reasons. But for love of the Lord, for wanting to serve Him, but also because we, we love the people we're working with, the love that we people we're serving. To quit a ministry, like you said earlier, feels like you're abandoning them or quitting, like quitting on them. And that's that's really hard, you know, to, to wrestle with and struggle with. So we end up putting ourselves in spiritual peril for too long. Yes. And, and, and I think that's why we wanted to talk about this on this podcast, to give people permission to step away from those situations and to trust in the Lord that God's got a plan for those people. Those are his people, not yours. And God's got a plan for you. You are his. And I also believe a healthy ministry can be done in a way where the leader can step away for a short time, Right. Guys, I'm struggling. Guys, I just had a baby. Guys, this is going on. I'm going to step back and allow you guys to take over for a time because I am not in a place where this is healthy for me. I'm going to take the month of April off. Not Matt's favorite people, RCAA coordinators. April is Easter. Like, that's a busy, big, big, important time. But maybe for other people that you can step back for a month or maybe take a month off in the summer or something to where we can delegate. Because if you're still called to the ministry, then you're going to have a team. But you could be called to a similar ministry in a different part of your same parish, or you could be called to serve the Lord in different ways as well. We're all called to ministry, but it might not be as a full-time professional. It might not be underneath the current leadership. It might not be in the current state of life that you're in. But all those factors 
they're probably called. I would say the situations to where it's Mission Impossible are very few, and there's a heavy cross that happens before you get to that point. And sometimes the weight of that cross comes down in just like your first six months at a new job, and you're just like, oh, no. Yeah. It's hard. Well, and what like that's actually a really good point we didn't talk about much is you won't really know if it's Mission Impossible. I mean, until you're at least a year in, I wouldn't think. It's going to, any new job is going to be tough for the first few months, I would think. Yes. Because there's a learning curve. You got to learn the culture. You got to learn the people. You got to learn the job if it's different. Um, and so that's going to be hard. It's when it, like you said, when it's perpetual and after a year, year and a half, you're still fighting the same battles. For me, in regards to that reality, Mission Impossible at the beginning, it feels like having a, having a newborn. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you've had six kids. We've had six kids. Like, that first three months, there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's no way. We just are going to lose and be tired. <laughs> and Netflix is going to raise our kids for a little while. And we're going to focus on this younger <laughs> one. And, uh, and all, the, all these pieces to where if that, if that newborn phase lasted for, like, two years, <laughs> you, you don't have a choice. God gives you grace. Like, parents don't have a choice. I know. <laughs> but if, if that type of phase where it's just exhausting and demanding and unforgiving and uh, poopy, you know, like if all those things Mm -hmm. exist and they persist, they exist and persist, then we need to go ahead and look at it. But we need to recognize some of the proudest moments come at the end of those difficult times. I remember some some difficult classes that we had in our program back when I uh, was in my first parish. And at the end of that, there were like three kids that still stuck around. Mm-hmm. But those kids inspired faith in others like you would not believe. They were absolutely amazing. And yep. so it was worth all the dirty diapers and sleepless nights, right? Um, yep. But that is not a sy- systemic issue, systematic structure. That was not roadblocks. That was just a difficult group of youth. Yep. And so it's not apples to apples, but it is something to consider. Yeah, there are some difficulties you've got to push through, and you're, you're called to push through them. There are some you're called to step away from. Yeah. And discerning that is not easy, but you have permission to do so. You don't have to stick in every ministry forever. So we want to hear from you guys. Uh, best way is our Facebook group, uh, Facebook uh, MLA podcast. Look it up. Uh, but what are the, uh, the, the t- telltale signs that are like, uh, this is a road sign, not necessarily the last straw or anything like that, but a road sign that says, hey, it might be time for you to leave ministry. So you might be called to leave this ministry if dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And there, there's got to be some fun stories in there as well. I want to hear about the times the police got called on your lock-ins or whatever it is, you know, like, you know, make it fun, um, but also make it serious. Let us know what's going on. Absolutely. Write us a review in iTunes and share this with other ministry leaders. Great. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for those that might find themselves in Mission Impossible. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. Dun 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 dun